Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. How are you doing? How is your day? Before we jump into our podcast today, I just need to share with you a story. Um, As you know, or as most of you may know, I wrote a book in 2019 called Nourish, Eat, Repeat. And the book basically is about humorous stories that happen to us and to our family. Um, I would say when you have a large family, you've got a lot of stories. Even if you have a small family and you have one child or two children, you're going to have stories because kids always keep things unpredictable. Um, I will add to that. My husband, Jim, keeps everything unpredictable. And so, yeah, I wrote this book as a means of documenting some of those funny stories, you know, just for my own personal sake. I didn't want to forget them. But then what I decided to do was use those stories and turn them into nutrition lessons. Just practical, easy to implement nutrition lessons we all can um, we all can learn from and all can implement into our own busy lifestyles. And then at the end of each chapter, I include two five-star recipes because five out of five kids will eat it. So my hope was that if I can share with you some of the recipes that I have found to be successful in our family, you may find them to be successful with yours. And so I wrote this book and, you know, some of it was embarrassing, you know, mistakes that I've made, screw-ups that I've done. Um, Some of it was very vulnerable, you know, the things that are in my head, how I used to see myself, how I used to uh, talk to myself, and how I kind of worked through that. Um, But... Most of it was funny. At least I thought it was funny. And some of the feedback I've gotten, you guys all think it's funny too. So anytime something funny happens, my friends or family are always like, well, that's material for book number two. And I'm not writing book number two. At least I'm not writing book number two yet. I will say that. Um, It is not in my agenda or on my radar to write another book. That is why I have this podcast. So I can share my information or stories with you and not have to go through the headache of writing and publishing another book. So I'm going to share with you a story that happened this past week um, just because It's not going in another book, so it's going on this podcast, and I will say that this year I have been trying to be really good in terms of getting all my doctor checkups in. I know with COVID, things kind of got pushed to the side. Uh, I was actually supposed to get my first mammogram right before COVID hit, so I think I was scheduled to go in, I think my doctor wanted me to go in January or February. And I kept pushing it off, pushing it off. And then March of 2020 came and well, now I definitely can't get it because, you know, there's a pandemic and we have to stay at home and can't go out. And so I have been pushing this thing off forever because number one, 
I refuse to get it before I turn 40, but I will be 42. <laughs> Um, actually, by the time you listen to this, I will already be 42. Um, so it was long overdue, had to get it. But I have been so fearful because I hear all the time how much it hurts. And I don't really like things that hurt, as do many people. That's normal. So I decide I'm going to do all the things this year. I'm going to do a dermatology visit. I'm going to do a mammogram. I'm going to do a well check, get blood work, get a physical um, just do all the things. This is the year, you know, if nothing else, get a baseline for future visits. And so last Thursday, which again, this is happening in August, you guys are listening to it in September, but last week I scheduled my mammogram. And if you've ever had one before, you know that you're not supposed to use powders or lotions or deodorant before you go, just I guess so nothing gets in the way of the imaging. So anyway, I went there, I got it done. I don't know what I was so afraid of. Um, Shout out to Janine is all I have to say because she was so incredible. It was not painful at all. And... I just, yeah, I don't worry about it anymore. If I have to get more, I'll get more. They did not hurt at all. Now, my friends do tell me I have a really high pain tolerance. Um, I remember when my oldest son, when I was pregnant with him, I remember I went into work and I just, I was having trouble walking. Like it hurt to pick up my foot. And the people around me were like, Adrian, this is not normal. Like you have to call the doctor. I'm like, no, I'm fine. It just hurts to pick up my foot. But if I just sit here at my desk, I'll be fine. They're like, yeah, until you have to get up and do something and you can't. So of course I called the doctor. They're like, come in, you need to get checked. Um, Ended up taking the day off, the rest of the day off, went in. My husband actually took the day off too. Neither of us knew we were taking the day off. I'm like, well, why don't you come with me to the hospital? Just you know, keep me company. So we walk into the hospital. At this point, walking was getting easier. And um, they're like, all right, we have to check you. And the nurse just looked at me and she gave me this crazy look. And she's like, you realize you're seven centimeters, right? And I'm like, no. She's like, how, how can you do this? I was like, I don't know. It just hurts to walk a little bit. So clearly I have a higher pain tolerance than most, um, which is Maybe why I had a, a pleasant mammogram experience. But anyway, got the mammogram. After that, I told my oldest son, I will take you to go get your permit. Because he, we finally got his birth certificate in the mail. That's another story for another time. But I got his birth certificate. So we drove to the DMV. I make all the kids go with me. Because, you know what, what else are they going to do? They're just going to sit at home all day and do nothing. So... We're all going for the experience of how to get your driver's permit. Well, little did I know that the DMV is a very busy place. And so we waited 90 minutes to get called. 90. I, I didn't even know what to do. The kids were just just crazy, for lack of better words. Um, you know, they're fighting, they're complaining, they're yelling, they're hungry. You know, I basically bribed them with the dollar store next door. And I said, you can get whatever you want with the exception of food and drinks <laughs> at the dollar store. If you just hang in there with me for a couple more minutes. So at this point, I am 
sweating because it is hot. The DMV is packed full of people. My kids are, you know, loud and obnoxious. Um, we keep seeing kids go up for their permits and failing. And I'm like, Jake, if you do not pass this test, I am, I'm going to be so angry at you. And he's like, mom, I'll do my best. I'm like, I don't care what you have to do. Just make sure you pass. We are not coming back here tomorrow. And so, you know, I'm sure that was a good parenting move, right? Stress your kid out before a major test. Um, so anyway, they take him back. You know, he's doing the exam portion. I'm trying to peek around the corner to see how he's doing. Uh, the kids are all still complaining and I'm sweating. And all of a sudden I, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that smell? And I realize it's me. I'm the person that smells so bad because I didn't put deodorant on because I had the mammogram that morning. And so now I am mortified and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have got to get out of this place. Like I need to go home now. And so I don't know if anything like that has ever happened to you. Have you ever, you know, either forgotten to put deodorant on or just didn't put it on because you had a mammogram and then been in a stressful situation and actually... Um, could smell yourself. Oh, it is so embarrassing, but I know I am not the only person this has ever happened to. So I am sharing this story in my vulnerability to let you know that these kinds of things happen. They do. And it's okay. We just have to laugh at ourselves. Otherwise we can't take ourselves too seriously. We just can't. So I share that story as an opener, just not only because it just happened, but because I want to talk about something very vulnerable today. And I titled this podcast, I Binge Today, because I want to share with you some of my struggles and some of the things that I struggle with. I actually had a client yesterday and um, we were talking and she's like, well, what do you struggle with? You don't look like you struggle with anything. And I was like, I still struggle with things. I struggle with overeating dinner. Sometimes I struggle with self-esteem and self-confidence. Sometimes I struggle with poor body image. Um, sometimes I struggle with eating at night when I'm not hungry. The bottom line is we all have struggles. And instead of pretending that we don't and pretending that everything is okay, it's kind of like social media right? I posted pictures of our vacation. And this one lady was like, oh, your vacation looked like so much fun. I was like, well, it was okay. It rained the whole time we were there. We were in a car three out of the five days in a minivan with seven people complaining. And she's like, oh, but your pictures look great. I'm like, of course they look great. I'm only going to post the ones where we're smiling on a mountain. I'm not going to post all the ones where we're ripping each other's heads off and crying. We want people to only see the best in us. And so we put on this, you know, show or this facade that everything's great and we don't have any struggles. And I'm just here to tell you that that's not me. So I'm going to always be honest with you and I'm going to share with you some of my struggles. You know, I heard a quote one time and I loved it so much. He said, we lead with our strengths and we connect with our weaknesses. And nutrition for me can be both. It can be a strength through my, you know, my education, my knowledge base, 
um, my example, but sometimes it can be my weakness where I struggle too. And so let's talk a little bit about, I don't, I don't want to necessarily call it binging because binging by definition has a very different meaning than what I want to talk about today. When I used to binge or overeat, I would automatically feel so much guilt and self-hatred and loathing. How could I do this? How could I screw up? Why can't I get any of this right? And immediately, I would go into damage control. I'd start pulling out the spreadsheets. I'd start making new exercise plans. I'd start creating new macro goals. And all it did was make me hate the process and make me binge even more. Because the minute I got restricted, the minute I felt rebellious. And I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but some of you may be new listeners. And for me, binging is a natural response to any form of restriction. And what's interesting is you don't even need to physically restrict to feel like you're restricting. You can just mentally know that you're going to withhold food for your, from yourself and it can automatically cause a binge. It doesn't even have to be the physical withholding of food. And I think for so many of us, especially so many women who come to my office looking for, for weight loss, they're in this restrictive binge cycle. And so first off, if that's you, I just want you to know that there is nothing wrong with you. You are absolutely perfect and we just need to learn a new way. We just need to figure out a new way. And that new way starts with compassion and kindness. Every once in a while, I'll binge now. I will. You know, I don't ever go into an overeat or binge with the intention of doing it. It always is. Usually for me, if I do it, it's after work. So uh, two days a week, I work evenings. And depending on my schedule and how many clients, if I've seen, you know, eight clients back to back, I'm starving when I get home. And when I get home, it's usually around 8, 30, 9 o'clock, which is not the time to be eating a large meal. I realize that. But if I haven't eaten all day, then that's the time I'm going to eat. And it usually starts out so innocent. I'm just going to take a couple bites today or of this meal or, or what they made for dinner. I'm just going to have a couple bites. And then before I know it, I am just inhaling food. And it's like I have this insatiable bottomless pit in my stomach that cannot be fulfilled. And so I grab that and then I think, what else can I eat? And I grab that and, oh, I want something sweet now. So I'll grab that. And then, oh, I could eat this cheese, a little salty. But then I want to finish with sweet. And before I know it, I don't feel well. And that actually happened to me a couple weeks ago. If I'm being completely honest with you, I meant to tape this immediately after it happened so I could walk you through everything I was feeling. Um, it just didn't work out for me to do that. So I just want to kind of show you what happens for me, right? There was no intention. It was, it was a normal day, except I was physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted. And what was supposed to be a couple bites turned into a lot more. What I'm 
proud to report and happy to share with you is if those things happen, I don't go into immediate damage control anymore. I don't start pulling out the spreadsheets and counting calories on my fitness pal. I'm able to now look at those those isolated instances for what they are. Okay, what was going on? I don't judge them. I don't call myself names. I just am like, okay, what did I need in that moment? And I try to, you know, be prepared and do better the next time. And I have found that not judging the overeats and the binging is actually what has decreased their frequency. Every once in a while, I overeat. Every once in a while, I eat late at night. But it's not all the time like it used to be. And the reason why it was so frequent in the past was because of my response to the binge or the overeating, whatever you want to call it. The panic and the fear and the, the self-hatred, for lack of better words, is what propelled me into another binge because I would immediately go into, okay, now I need to restrict again. I need to double down. I need to go get even stronger and have more willpower. And all it did was make me hungrier and hungrier. And then I would do it again and I would do it again. Binging, overeating, it's going to happen from time to time. The reason it's going to happen from time to time is because you're human. And I don't want to say that binging is normal behavior, but if it happens on occasion, I'm going to call that normal behavior. If it's happening every day or several times a week and you're, it's creating feelings that aren't helpful, then we can talk about it and we can teach you strategies to work through it. But if you overeat or binge, you know, a, three, four times a year, we're not having a conversation. You are absolutely okay. You are. There's nothing wrong with you. And I feel like people need to hear this. We automatically assume that if our eating isn't perfect or we're you know, not doing everything the way we're supposed to, there's some problem with us. There's no problem at all. It's actually probably just a condition, you know, response from diet trauma, from all those years of trying to be perfect and doing everything the right way. You know, it's more a product of diet trauma than it is an actual flaw in your character. The other week I was talking to a client and we were talking about figuring out your way of doing things because we were talking about uh, meal frequency. How often do you eat? And she was asking me and I said, well, I eat roughly four times a day. I do breakfast, lunch, a snack and dinner. And sometimes I'll do a snack in the evening. And I asked her, I'm like, well, what do you think works best for you? You know, is that four times a day? Is it three times a day? Five, six? She's like, I don't have any clue. I was like, all right, well then let's just pick one and see how it works. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, we'll try something new. And she's like, well, how long did it, how long did it take you to figure out your way? I mean, you found your way, right? You don't ever have to worry about stuff again. You've figured all this stuff out. And I looked at her and I smiled and I was like, oh my goodness. 
I don't know if I'm ever going to figure it out long term. I think you're always finding your way. You know, different circumstances, different schedules. I mean, how I eat in the summer is different than how I eat in the winter. Um, Sports schedules for my kids. You know, right now, I got two kids that have practice four days a week at night. You know, when we're eating dinner, what I'm preparing to make sure that they can eat before they go to practice at night, you know, that all changes with each sports schedule. Um, my work schedule is a big factor in how I eat. Um, what did I say? The weather? I think I already said that, summer and winter. But, you know, there are so many factors that go into figuring out your way. And I think on some level, we're always going to be figuring out our way. Yes, I have like a template that I work off of, like told you four times a day I eat. And that works well for me. But sometimes eating five or six times a day works better for me. I think the the key here is not being rigid and thinking that you only can have one way. You can have lots of ways depending on what your circumstances um what they allow you to do. And there is no one right way. Ugh, I wish I could, you know, explain this to so many people because I, they have it in their head. There is one way to do it, like keto or paleo or intermittent fasting. And if you're not doing that one exact thing, then you're doing it all wrong. No, no. There's different diets out there because we all have different bodies and we all respond differently. It's okay to have a different way than your neighbor or your coworker or your spouse. It's okay to change your way if your circumstances change. That's just called being human. We have to adapt. And the other part is we have to have a, the right mindset around having to adapt. I don't get angry when I have to change something. I just get curious. Well, Why? Why did that change? Do I want to keep this change? Do I want to go back to original way? What works best? What is my mindset telling me? What is my body telling me? I don't ever get angry that I have to change things. I just figure, okay, this is just a new set of circumstances. I figured it out before and I'll figure it out again. Like I said, it's the response that is so powerful. The response to the overeat, the non-judgment. Whenever you can get curious and come at it from a very objective angle, you're going to be so much more successful. Huh, that's interesting. That's one of my favorite words to say. Uh, I tell my clients when they get on the scale, they have to say, that's interesting. They're not allowed to, to judge or put themselves down. It's just interesting information that we'll use moving forward. We don't get angry about things. We just get curious. So I guess to wrap all this up, because I feel like I kind of went in a couple different directions here, is it's normal to not be perfect. If you notice patterns and trends that you're not happy with, then we reach out for help. But if these circumstances are far and few between, then we move on. We don't get overly concerned about it and we move on. We move forward. 
And then when it comes to finding your way, be willing to accept that finding your way is fluid. You know, it's going to change based on your circumstances, your environment, your age, the weather. And just because you have to change doesn't mean that anything is wrong. It just means you're adapting. And isn't that what humans do all the time? We adapt. We adapted when there was a pandemic. We're adapting as we try to get out of the pandemic. We're always learning more information so we can do better. And that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to do each day a little bit better than the day before. All right. That's what I got for today. All right. So let me turn to my recipe. I actually found this in a cookbook called Love Real Food. So she's one of my favorite bloggers um, from Cookie and Kate. So this is actually Love Real Food, her cookbook. And I came across this recipe and I love it so much. It's make your own instant oatmeal mix. And I love it because I like oatmeal, especially as we come into cooler temperatures. It's one of my favorite breakfasts. Um, And of course, you know, those packages of instant oatmeal, they taste good because there's a ton of sugar in them, like the maple brown sugar, the apple cinnamon, peaches and cream. I tend not to get them because of the sugar content. That doesn't mean they're not delicious. So if we can figure out a way to simulate some of the sweetness and the convenience of those individual packets and turn them into a healthier piece, I'm all in. So for this recipe, you're going to need four cups of quick cooking oats, one cup of sliced almonds, one cup of chopped dried cherries, dried blueberries, or chopped dried apricots, or maybe even all three, a half a cup of flax seeds, or raw pepitas, which are pumpkin seeds, a half a cup of lightly packed coconut sugar, two teaspoons of ground cinnamon, and a, well, we'll say three-quarter teaspoon of sea salt. Or you can just use regular salt, whatever you have on hand. And so for this recipe, you're going to get a large freezer bag, and you're going to combine the oats, almonds, dried fruit, flax seeds, coconut, coconut sugar, cinnamon, and salt. And you're going to stir to combine. That's how simple it is. You know I love those recipes where we just dump in a bowl. And then if you're going to prepare a single serving, you can either do it on the stove or in a microwave. Um, If you're going to do it on the stove, because you guys know I don't have a microwave, so this is how I'm preparing it, you're going to pour two-thirds cup of water into a small saucepan and bring it to a boil over high heat. You're going to stir the oatmeal mix one more time just to make sure all the ingredients don't settle. And then pour a third of a cup of the oatmeal mixture into the boiling water. Stir to combine, reduce the heat to medium-low, and simmer for about five to seven minutes until some of that water is absorbed. So that's how you're going to make it on the stove. That's how I'll be making it. But if you want to make it in the microwave, you're going to combine a third a cup of the oatmeal mix with two-thirds cup of water in a microwave-safe bowl. And you're going to microwave for one and a half to two and a half minutes And you might want to stir halfway through just to make sure it doesn't overflow in the bowl. And 
Just note the oatmeal will thicken up as it cools. So you might want to let it rest for a couple minutes, maybe bring it to closer to a, a cooler temperature before you start eating. And then, you know, if you feel like adding some more fresh fruit, like fresh blueberries or strawberries or raspberries, um, go for it because this is a much, uh, uh, definitely a lower sugar version of oatmeal, but yet you have all the great flavors of the mix-ins like the dried fruit and then, and the nuts, the almonds and the flax seeds. So, and the convenience of making a whole bunch of it ahead of time. So all you have to do is kind of scoop out that third cup, uh, makes it really, really simple. So there you have it. There's your recipe for the week. Guys, thank you so much for listening and for allowing me to share some of um, my own struggles and my own vulnerabilities with you. Uh, it's definitely such a privilege to be able to share things in a safe place where we can come together and learn from each other and grow with each other. So I appreciate all of you guys so much. All right, that's all we have for today. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.